Hello and welcome to Style and Substance, a branding and business podcast for inspired and empowered entrepreneurs. I'm Elizabeth Cairns and together with my fabulous co-host Fiona Humberstone, we're here to help you sidestep the hustle, keep joy at the forefront of your work and champion a more meaningful and sustainable approach to business. We'll talk about everything from purpose to productivity, from colour psychology to creativity, where to start and how to keep going, how to stay inspired, empowered, and more importantly, sane in the process. We hope you enjoy the show. And if you do, please like, share, subscribe, and keep listening. Commercially, it makes such a difference because if you're excellent at what you do and you have a reputation for being excellent, 99% of the clients that you work with trust you. So we called this episode Raising the Bar and the Challenge with Excellence. And we went around the houses to get there, didn't we? We because did. we were really grappling with this concept of excellence that we're both really passionate about and then realised that there were so many caveats to it and so many yes. tricky things that we had yes. to navigate. So we think this is going to be, hopefully, a juicy... They're always juicy. Always <laughs> juicy. And we're always very excited. We've decided we every episode opens with, we're so excited this week. <laughs> but we are. You're a real champion aren't you Mm. for excellence and for doing things well and particularly designers Mm. but entrepreneurs as a whole why is that why does it matter so much to you I guess it's twofold I think one it is that genuine desire to make sure that entrepreneurs get the results that they want Mm. but deeper than that when I was running my design agency the real game changer in terms of how easy it was to get business, the potential that we fulfilled within our business, the kind of work we were doing, what we were able to charge. As soon as we started focusing on excellence, on doing things well rather than doing them fast, mm. that was the thing that made the difference. Yeah. And what was and the impact of that for the business? Commercially massive. Mm. Because as soon as we started focusing on how well we could do something rather than how quickly we could do something it felt completely different in terms of how we ran as a team Mm. you know it was it's much more inspiring as a designer to work in a team that is committed to creativity inspiration innovation doing things well making space to experiment and have fun and push the boundaries and come up with something different and and being able to showcase that 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 motivated us all mm. you know it, it made it easier for me to recruit the right staff yeah it meant that we went from being a local convenient cheap yes design company that had the right software yeah to a company who this doesn't sound that groundbreaking now at all but my company in i think it was about 2010 everything change you know we'd we'd worked through color psychology we really had honed our craft and that wasn't to say that we were done with honing our craft but we'd we'd got a really solid foundation together and I started blogging about it 2009 Mm. I think I started I took Holly Becker's blogging away course Mm. which I've written about before completely changed my approach to business and, Mm. and the creativity that I poured into it and and just because I wasn't a lifestyle blogger didn't mean that I couldn't take that same joy mm. from styling, beauty. So I started blogging and that 
and blogging the projects and what we'd been up to and why we'd done what we'd done. And that caught the attention of people beyond the Guildford Chamber of Commerce. Yes, yes. <laughs> and it meant that, you know, to start with, we'd have people from the Midlands coming mm-hmm. to work with us. And then it was from the north. Mm. And and then it was from overseas. Mm. And suddenly... Yeah, I remember that time, By the actually. time I had sold my business in 2012, we were working with people all around the world, which, like I say... Isn't that groundbreaking? Oh, but this now? was before social media yes. was nuts, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So commercially, it makes such a difference because if you're excellent at what you do and you have a reputation for being excellent, 99% of the clients that you work with trust you. Mm. They listen. They're not micromanaging. They're not telling you what they want to see. Mm. They trust, you know, they let you work in your own way. Yeah. And they trust that you will deliver. And when you can showcase that you're able to do that time and again, your own creative confidence improves, doesn't Mm. it? So it means that you interact with your clients completely differently. Obviously, inevitably, it means that you can charge more. Mm. But it's just this amazing, virtuous circle that makes doing business more rewarding, but also much more sustainable. Mm. Just doing things well really is an approach to business, isn't it? And it's the yes. antithesis of the pilot high, sell it cheap, do or, it fast, get it out the door. Or the fake it till you make it, yeah. or the hustle hard, or the, oh, that horrible thing of sell it, and then, or, you know, sell it and then work out. What it is you're going to sell. <laughs> yes. Yeah, interesting approach. Yeah. yeah, it feels like it has more integrity when you run a business like this. Yeah, and makes, as we said, more financial sense Mm. but you've also said it opens up the doors for creativity inspiration for play Mm. for better team dynamics yeah all of that and that was how it sort of manifested in the design agency Mm. but I think this concept of doing things well and being excellent and raising the bar Mm. is applicable not just to the industry of design obviously it's for all of us yeah and the benefits of doing that are infinite really aren't they yeah and I think this is what's worth thinking about so I've talked so far about focusing on excellence Mm. that very much came from me from within you know I found that the better we got the better I wanted to get Mm. I found that the better we got the more rewarding work was the easier it was to win work the easier it was to charge more the more confident I felt about what we were worth I'm just thinking about the terminology. So that was very internally inspired from you. And that term of excellence was very galvanising and is very Mm. galvanising for you. And for some people, it might not be. It might feel heavy and it might be misconstrued as meaning perfectionism. Yes, yes. And yes. So I think perfectionism can be a real straitjacket. Yeah. But what I wanted to come on to was this idea that I think it's probably more inspiring. And certainly for me now it's much more motivating to think about raising the bar in my industry Mm. than it is to think about excellence. Because excellent, you know, I'm older now. I was 25. (laughs) No, 25 when I had Ellie. I was 26 when I started my business. I had a lot of energy. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of energy. I had one one child. Yeah, not three. (laughs) Yeah. And you had a lot of striving energy as well. And I it was did. okay to strive for excellence yeah, and make your and, mark. And now that I'm older and perimenopausal, excellence sometimes can, for me can feel like, oh, really? Yeah, yeah heavier. <laughs> you know, it can feel heavier. It can feel draining. 
what I'm excited about, and I, I know that the designers that I work with through things like Elevate or whatever, mm. they're interested in raising the bar. Yeah. Because that benefits us all. And actually that feels like something you don't have to be an activist to raise the bar, do no, you? No, absolutely but you not. you can bring about change. You can make something just exciting. Yeah. And I think the um, interesting, the phrase of words, we were talking about this earlier, weren't we? The concept of raising the bar and where that mm. comes from. You know, the sports yeah. analogy of incrementally raising the bar for high jump. Yes. And you were telling me the story about Chase Me Charlie. Yes. Yes. So the horse riders amongst you yeah. will know. I think it's a Jim Carner game mm. called Chase Me Charlie. So I used to do a lot do of it. horse riding when I was younger and um, I had a real mental block when I was about 14 where I went from wanting to be a flat race jockey and wanting to do cross country and wanting to do show jumping to suddenly going no I'm just gonna hack (laughs) (laughs) no jumps for me yeah Yeah. no jumping I would do about two foot three and that was like that was the edge of my comfort zone Mm. anyway chase me Charlie the whole idea of chase me Charlie is you jump over a jump, everybody jumps over a jump, and then they raise the bar yeah. by three inches, and you keep jumping until your horse refuses. Yeah, or it and knocks. people get knocked out on the way, Yeah, they, they? they get yeah. knocked out, because either your horse refuses or or it knocks it down. So it takes a lot of, you know, collaboration between the horse and the rider, and it takes that really sense of confidence, really, mm. that you can do this. And I won it when I was about 17, at five foot, I think it was five foot six. That's amazing. I mean, can you imagine? I never so got that I high. was so scared, so scared. I would not have done a whole round of jumps at two foot six, and yet somehow I got to five foot six mm. because we raised the bar incrementally, and my confidence and my energy grew, and everyone was rooting for me. If if Audrey, my riding teacher, had said to me, "Right today." We're going to jump three foot. No way would I have done it. Yeah. The, this is not necessarily about excellence. It's not necessarily about perfection. I think excellence comes, hopefully, as a, a byproduct of raising the bar, perhaps. Yes. So um, this is about the approach to it. And, and I yeah. think the precursor to that approach is deciding that it's important, isn't it? So if raising the bar is something that can almost lift our vitality rather mm. than set us the impossible... And if raising the bar is something that can work at a commercial and also a personal level, how would we go about doing that? So in my industry, one of the ways I want to raise the bar is through helping people create intentional design. So creating work that really works at a commercial level. How could anyone listening to this, any entrepreneur, Mm. raise the bar in their industry or in their work? Well, I think the important thing to start with is the recognition that you get to set your own bar. Yes. So you get to decide where it goes, where your starting point is. And that's different for everybody Mm. because the danger of this pursuit of excellence or this pursuit of the high bar or this pursuit Mm. of whatever it is we're going for is if that's set externally Mm. or by some industry pressure or social media pressure or pressure from your business coach or, or pressure from booster. or an income booster <laughs> yeah. then it's not going to be the same empowering experience that you have with the chase me charlie and a quick aside when we talk about raising the bar neither of us are talking about oh not raising turnover. your prices no. or turnover no. no raising the bar isn't i'm suddenly going to jump my price or even incrementally we're not mm. talking about raising your prices when we're talking about raising no. the bar i think that comes as a 
natural result of yeah, raising the bar totally. eventually over time. Yeah. But it's definitely not that. And th- so this is not around the income boasting. No, no. Yeah. It's putting it's putting your energy in a space that's going to benefit you and your clients, I guess, isn't it? Yeah. And I think important about that as well as setting your own bar is about choosing your timing for it. Mm. Because vitality, well-being, inspiration, creativity, trump mm. yes. everything else for yeah, me. Yeah. So those need to be a priority. And if those are in place, you can then set the bar and look at raising it. If you're listening to this and you're at a low ebb Mm. and your health is low, raising the bar for your industry might feel out of reach. Too too big a thing. However, you can also choose the bar that you raise. So the bar of vitality might be something you focus on. Like (laughs) what's the bar that you want to raise? Is it around delivering better service? Mm. Is it about carving out a better quality of working life for yourself because that's a bar that's worth raising mm. we've got obviously all the external focusing ones like the, the quality of work in your industry or raising the bar for the standard of service something standard of service or experience maybe. i mean that's interestingly i think i've already used this anecdote but i'm so i'm so bowled over you might hear this twice in the season but the mortgage advisors that i'm working with mm. at the moment we've due to remortgage in june which a month ago was like the worst possible time i'm hoping it's settled now but i spoke to multiple mortgage advisors who really wanted to play into that fear and that scaremongering and the whole smoke and mirrors of the mortgage industry and you know you'll be lucky to get me to help Mm. you Mm. snag a deal and then i spoke to lovely kim who Mm. just well they're raising the bar you know completely changed the approach and it was about calming everything down and saying, actually, this is quite normal. We've we've got used to a very abnormal situation. It's going to be okay. There's lots of ways we can work around it. Mm. That is raising the bar. The experience that we have had, mm. both in terms of how we feel and also how quickly it's gone through, yeah, has amazing. been second to none. That is raising the bar but comes from a place of nurturing and of course why would you not run things like this Mm, yeah absolutely so if we come back to how how we can all approach that we know it's clear that you set your own bar you Mm. don't let anyone else do that you choose your timing Mm. really well I think there's a point of reflection and reviewing so you know where your current bar is Mm. and whether you've got the space and the capacity as we said for, for raising that And then it's deciding, well, what's the standard you want to meet? Mm. What's the standard you want to set for yourself? Mm. What is it you're really going for here? Mm. And the more specific you can be about that, the better. And, you know, that might materialise into goals and KPIs and all that, if that's your bag. But I also think it's worth considering when you're exploring what you want your standard to be, to also look at and explore the feeling you want to have in your business when you're operating at that new level. Mm. How do you want business to feel Mm -hmm. at a daily level? Because once you've achieved the next level of your bar, it can very easily go unnoticed, actually, if you're not careful. Because it's this sort of Kaizen approach of continual small improvements you might not notice the wins as you go. Mm. So really tuning into the feeling of what you want to be creating and then looking for the feedback of that, I think is really important. Mm. So are there any truisms? So one of the things that sticks in my mind is when I started my print company, it was a franchise. And so there were lots of ways of doing business that I inherited. Yeah, You know, one 
to win print work, you have to be fast. Yeah. You know, you have to be the first person to respond to the email mm-hmm. inquiry, the first person to, to follow up once the inquiry packs landed and you have to be the cheapest. So yeah. not, not the most fun place to be. <laughs> the other thing that we inherited was this idea that you needed to be able to design a side of a leaflet in an hour. That's nuts, isn't it? I- insane, really. Mm. And I, I'm sure I've talked about this before, but, you know, I was trying to shoehorn marketing best practice, copywriting best practice, design and branding into this hour i can't i've lost count of the number of designers that we got through because nobody apart from me and cows could work at that pace i mean it was just ridiculous and yet you know 26 year old me just thought well this company knows better than i do yeah if that's what should be done that's and there was a day when actually i just thought what happens if we charge for two hours per side instead of one we can afford to lose a third of the work because, and we'll be no worse off. Mm. And what really blew my mind was not only did it make it more rewarding for us, and I stopped getting through designers like water, but I actually won more work. Mm-hmm. The thing that I couldn't see was that in doing things fast, people in the know knew that we couldn't possibly do it well. Yeah. So we were putting off people because we were too cheap. Yeah. And what what this makes me think of is the need to buy yourself the space to do things yes. well. Yes. Well, I always talk about that, don't I? Buy yeah. yourself enough time to do the job properly, both in terms of four hours to do a double-sided leaflet, mm. not two. But also, and this is a big thing I talk to designers about, is don't promise a logo this is why I have a real issue with these design intensives where logos are designed in a day Mm. because excellence requires reflection. Well, particularly creative excellence. Yeah, Yeah. it does. You know, you can absolutely find clarity in a day. You can find a sense of momentum. You can, you know, I think coaching days work really well. Yeah. And you can strike on a vision in an instant if you've got the resonance for it. Totally. But, there is work where you need to hone, reflect, refine, take space, come back to it. Yeah. You know, you can't concertina all that down into a, a fixed number of hours. You need to give yourself the, the space. Yeah, and I feel like we've got a sort of sense of responsibility in our industry now with the way that the world is going and the pace of mm. things happening and the pressure that's happening. It's almost like those of us that can get a sense that this is important, almost need to go, can everybody just stop a second? Mm. Can we just, just stop the bus? <laughs> just for a hot minute. Can we just stop the bus and and make a stand mm. for the fact that if we keep trying to accelerate things, mm. if we keep trying to inflate everything, yeah. if we keep trying to grow even, yeah, growth, yeah. growth, 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 it's not sustainable. No, it's not. It's an we're seeing that in the impact in the natural world you know we don't have the resources for this yeah and we don't have the physical and emotional resilience for this either as entrepreneurs and i feel like there needs to be a revolution that says we're not putting up with this anymore we Mm. can take a stand and the stance that we're taking is it's not that we're lazy it's not that we're not committed to hard work it's not that we don't want to be productive but we are committed to doing our very best work in the very best way mm. because the implications of that are so much more positive for everybody the yeah. client is happy 
they're going to get value for money, mm. which they won't necessarily get otherwise. We get the confidence and the reward, the inspiration, the creativity, the vitality, mm. the energy from pursuing things in the right way. And you've touched on something really important here, which is that there is an expectation that we will become experts overnight. Mm grow our businesses to a certain turnover overnight, mm. build dramatically high growth businesses overnight. Yeah. And not. and actually, I guess what we're both advocating is do it well and do it slower, but make it sustainable. Yeah. And it's not even deliberately doing it slower. I suppose it's doing it well and allowing it to unfold at the pace that it naturally does without mm. too much push. Yeah. We push a lot in yeah. our in all business. It's it's a very <laughs> it's a very patriarchal, it's a very masculine, yeah. it's yeah. a very old paradigm way of doing business. And I'm much more interested in the pull through. Yeah. In the pulling people towards you in the sort of moths to a flame kind of approach. You know, you build something that's really bright and beautiful and people mm. will come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the process of building something bright and beautiful is one that is inspired and light and it's not dragged down by either the pressure of mm. meeting a standard that isn't yours yeah. or a time frame that's not realistic or what, wherever that pressure comes from. So it's more about the pull effect of doing business than the push and the graft. That doesn't mean it's devoid of pace because no. I love slow business as a movement, but I'm not advocating that. For me, no, like, and inspiration, me. No, and and inspiration is quick and fast slow. for us, isn't it? You <laughs> yeah. know, it's like we were out for a walk behind Fee's house the other week and beautiful and I was, we we're walking amongst the hazel and I said, oh, it's perfect for you, Fee, that you live amongst all this mm. hazel because hazel is a tree and I'm, I'm quite into sort of tree law and what nature can tell us and the energy of those those sort of living beings and hazel grows really quickly it's mm. prolific it sort of shoots upright and it's yeah. it's brilliant for creative energy mm. so there is a quickness there's a there's a pace to that mm. and this approach leaves space for that yeah so let's imagine we've taken the decision to raise the bar in our industry mm. what i'm interested in is what does that look like and what does it not look like mm. yeah so i think the first thing it looks like is really looking at your industry and thinking, what do I want to change about how we do things? Mm. You know, what what norms just don't feel right for me? Like the mortgage company, yeah. you know, like like my focus on resident branding. I think what we're talking about in raising the bar is more not a draining striving, mm. but something, something that is elevate. a bit bigger, something that's elevating, something that is you're heading for something and it's lifting you yeah. and your skill set up yeah. along the way. So I think it looks like a commitment to hone your craft. It looks yeah. like a commitment to excellence, to do things well, to deliver the best level of service or product or work you possibly, possibly can. Mm. Would you agree? Absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, as a florist for example it might look like a commitment to sustainability to go foam free but it might also be raising the standards creatively artistically mm. doing you know I think the exciting thing when you choose to raise the bar is 
in a sea of everybody looking the same, and this is particularly true of the design industry, we're in a bit of an echo chamber yeah. of everything starting to look the same, everybody downloading the same templates from the mm. market. It's difficult to stand out, it's difficult to be distinctive, and it's difficult to get that traction. Mm. So then we start resorting to other ways of bringing in an income. Mm. And they never take fall into the hustle. Purpose, and mm. we start hustling. I think when you make this commitment to raising the bar, you start to lift yourself out of the noise. Absolutely. And that's what I found with my design agency yeah. was we weren't competing with anyone. We were talking in a very resonant and engaging way to our key muses. Yeah, and it makes me think actually about Lauren and her team at Full Stop Accounts. Yeah. They are raising the bar of accountancy because yes, they're experts in in the systems, in the tech, in the tax. streamlining and the tax and the yeah. integrating all of those things. So, you know, Zip, Zero name them as one mm. of their top accountants for using that that software and that process and that's all great. But what Lauren has uniquely recognised is accountancy needs to be personal. Yeah. It needs to have a real understanding of the entrepreneur and what they're mm. going through. And they put people first. It's mm. a given that they understand the financials. I mean, they are whizzy at it, but they're really setting the standard for accountancy that meets people where they're at mm. and really supports the whole growth of the entrepreneur. So it's not just looking at your limited company tax return or what mm. have you. When she talks to me about my financial plans, she knows my family situation. Mm. She knows my aspirations for where I want to be and what I want to be doing with the mm. business. And that really, for me, is raising the bar of that yeah. industry. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what we're talking about, isn't it? And, and that can it's apply in more, any industry. It's much more galvanising, isn't it? It's much oh, more yeah. exciting for the team yeah. for, to as a client, as someone that you can recommend. Yeah. So if we go back to what does raising the bar look like? It looks like deciding to do something better. Yeah, definitely. You know, whether that's something you want to change in your industry or whether it's just the way you approach your work. It's yeah. about deciding to do something better. It's about you deciding where the bar is mm. and what that looks like. And if we think back to the Chase Me Charlie, it's about not overwhelming yourself. Yeah, incremental you know, changes. Little incremental changes, building your confidence probably raising your prices as you go so that you continue to deliver value for money. Mm. You know, it's not about hiking your prices Absolutely because somebody's not. told you that, you know, everyone else in the industry is charging this. We'll come on to pricing another episode. Mm. That's going to be a juicy, juicy one. one. <laughs> yeah, so honing your craft. I think it's also what we haven't mentioned. It's about celebrating it as you go mm. and making some noise about yes. it. You know, if you're yeah. going to raise the bar, when you've done that, you know, obviously well, people will see as, as you're doing it. it, bring a whole tribe of people yeah. along. You know, we really want to raise the bar in the way that business is done. I think mm. there is a better way to do business yeah. now. Yeah. That is a new paradigm that is out of all the stuff that was working for us for a while, while we were stuck in this sort of fast growth, yada, yada, yada piece. But there's a recognition now for those people who've wised up that, there needs to be a better, more sustainable way to approach everything. Yeah. And that is raising the bar because it's hard. You know, mm. it is it is hard to put your foot down and yeah. set a boundary because quite often in raising the bar in one area, you will have to say no to certain things. Mm. You will have to be more disciplined with yourself. Mm. You will have to put some hard stops and some hard boundaries in for what's no longer acceptable for you. Yeah, and there will be people that don't value 
the things that you value so the service that you're delivering and that that actually leads me on to another thing about what raising the bar looks like which is for me it looks like delivering the level of service you want to be selling not what your clients have paid for yes absolutely just coming back to that point about what you're not going to tolerate or where your boundary is a very specific example of that is if you know as a designer for example you want to be putting out a certain caliber mm. of design work that is visionary or exceeds the expectations of your clients mm. like you say your boundary will be well nothing is going to leave the studio that doesn't hit that even though it might be good enough yeah i mean that's not even for me that's not even boundaries that is a fundamental, fundamental. part of raising the bar you mm. know we were talking earlier off mic about um you know how does that make you feel so if you've got a brief for a a piece of work that needs to feel bold couture show-stopping do you get those goosebumps do you get those spine tingles do you feel really proud yeah that this is saying that yeah if you don't and this is where space and time comes Mm. in um if you don't you need more time to get it to that point where you are bouncing off the walls because it absolutely nails this. Yeah. And actually that brings up something else for me when I'm thinking about where do we raise the bar to and how do we know? Mm. Your bar, if it feels too comfortable, Mm. you haven't raised it. No. You know, it's it's the horse jumping analogy. Mm. If you can do the two foot easily, your bar needs to be higher. It needs to create some kind of I'm not talking about a level of anxiety, but we need to be on the edge of our comfort zone here or even the edge of our stretch zone before we get into that panic space. Well, it feels exciting, doesn't it? So like you were talking about that pull before, Mm. I know as a designer, when you hit on that vision or that design that absolutely nails the brief and you feel excited about, you have this energy to get it out the door. Mm. You know, you know, you know in your body that it's right and yeah. that, that for me, is a fundamental part of raising the bar. And that, for me, is what we mean when we talk about striving for excellence. It's about getting to that point every time. Mm. And what it, you know, again, if we're thinking, well, excellence is draining, it's not half as draining as the client coming back to you saying, it's not really what I had in mind. Yeah. And the energy that you have to find to then deliver on that brief. Yeah. Again, when you thought you'd done it the first time. Well, you, you hadn't asked yourself if you'd done it the first time, but do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's that inner strength, confidence, vision yeah. that pulls you forwards that actually means that 90% of your work is done before it goes out the door. Yeah. And this applies whether you're a designer or not. You know, it's whatever you're delivering. And I think that is what, you know, Elevate does so beautifully for the designers, isn't it? It gets them up to that level. Yes. Which also makes me think about the pace of raising the bar Mm. and certain things that accelerate it. So without this coming across, hopefully, as a shameless plug, because it wasn't intended that way for Fee's Elevate programme, what I've noticed is if you have a particular intervention that's highly focused, Mm. you can massively accelerate that process. Yeah, yeah. And I recommend doing that periodically, particularly when you're honing your skills. Yeah. So if you're working at a certain design level, you know, Elevate will be one of those ways to do that. Or if you, it's the same with, you know, honing your physical body, isn't it? Mm. If you go on an intensive Or you work with program, a personal trainer. Or you work you know? with a trainer. Yeah. So if raising the bar looks like honing your craft, it looks like a commitment to excellence. It looks like 
getting that sense of approval within, mm. knowing that what you've delivered, in my case, is on brief, or in your case, is kind of what the client needs mm. before you send it out. So having that sense of self critique before mm. you search for external validation. But it also feels, yeah, it feels challenging. It mm. feels forward pulling. It feels slightly unnerving, maybe mm. a little terrifying. Yeah. Um, I mean, I thrive off that energy because, you know, I'm an autumn personality. I'm an yeah. activist. I want people to chat. I think we have such an opportunity as entrepreneurs in wider business to change the fabric of what our society looks like. Mm. And if we begin in our own industries, and we want to make a change for good, raising the bar and raising our expectations of ourselves and of others that align with really good values that mm. are going to have a positive impact on on ourselves, on our families, on our communities, on you know the business community as a whole. That can't be a bad thing. Mm. And I think it's so inspiring to do that. It, it, if I think about linking it to purpose... It gives our work a meaning beyond just the bread and butter yeah, as well. Exactly. It's like there's a point to this that someone else is going to benefit from. Yeah, yeah that's the key thing, isn't it? Yeah. So, so we've looked at what raising the bar looks like. What does it not look like? I think the first thing is there's a sense of uncertainty mm. and a lack of confidence. If I think about it in terms of my world and maybe the designers that I work with, it's maybe an over-reliance on the client signing things off rather than being led by your vision, your creative vision. Yeah, and um, I think if I think about other industries and some of my clients, um, it looks like boredom, yes, lacklustre, some of the joy going out. That doesn't mean that the raising the bar is the antidote to those things no, always. No, no. But quite often, you know, but not it's a, doing I that. guess it's always a sign that you need to raise the bar if you're feeling like that. Yeah, I think, and I will caveat that quite carefully with, you will probably know instinctively if you're feeling like that, whether the answer is to raise the bar or to take a break. Or raise your vitality. Or raise your vitality. So, so yeah, so in that sense, if we're talking, if we put it in the context of raising the bar, the bar to raise then is your well-being and your yeah, vitality. Yeah, yeah. In order to raise the bar and have it stay there, you need to be able to replicate your results. So you need yeah. to have a process and an approach that is consistent and replicable. Well, and you need that surety. So one of the things I'm doing at the moment is this colour psychology for brand designers course. Mm. And one of the things I'm really excited about is it gives people that foundation to deliver excellence mm. every time because it, you build on it incrementally and you work it in with your creativity. And that, for me, is the foundation. Yes. And I wonder what would be very useful for anyone, you know, in any industry to write down your criteria and your route map mm. for consistently achieving doing well whatever looks like so you know you can physically draw it out for yourself mm. the very specific the sort of sensory tangible picture of what does it look like to do things excellently and well and mm. to have raised the bar in my industry or in my business or for myself and the way I'm approaching it so you get really specific about what that looks like for you and then you look at okay what are the conditions that create that mm. and I think part of this as well not just in terms of the industry bar and the quality of work but we need to think of the more holistic picture of creating the conditions for success for us, 
which will always involve coming back to those real pillars mm. it will always involve a prioritization of vitality and well-being it will always involve making space for creativity and inspiration mm. it will always involve facilitating your ability to get into flow mm. it will always involve certain environments that will work for you so there's there's all these parameters that if you can model out mm. your route map to excellence then you know when you're going on track and when you're, and you're making it easy for yourself mm. and for me a core criteria or a core working practice of raising the bar and doing things well is the willingness to be very open to failure and it might be misconstrued to say that if you're doing things well you're never allowed to fail and that's absolutely not the case and actually on that so you've just touched on something which is this can be doubly scary when you tell people that you're striving for excellence yes then you attract some exceedingly demanding clients mm-hmm. who may not have listened to this podcast who yeah. ask for unreasonable <laughs> things. Just because you've made a decision to do things well doesn't mean it needs to be front and centre of your marketing. Show them, don't tell them, I think is the key thing for mm. you, isn't it? So mm. build up your confidence slowly. I didn't tell anyone I was going to jump five foot six. I was pretty amazed yeah. that I even got over three foot. Yeah. So you don't tell anyone what you're doing you just go and do it and they will see the results Mm. and then in your own internal reflection just that point about failure just to come back to that point in your internal process if you are striving to raise the bar you should expect your failure rate to go up exponentially Mm. because if you're not working at the edge of your comfort zone and your you know your stretch zone right at that cusp if you're not learning if you're not making mistakes Mm you're probably not raising the bar. Yeah, you're not trying hard enough, are you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if we're to wrap a neat little bow around this episode of Raising the Bar, I think there's probably five key points from memory. We need to set our own bar Yes, really important. Not listen to the naysayers or anybody else who would pull you off track. Decide where your bar sits and where you want to set it. Take your well-being into account when you're doing that so that it's sustainable. And again, that point around timing, is it time to raise the bar or is it time to take a break? You'll know in yourself which one of those is most important for your vitality and the long-term sustainability of your business. Yeah, because this doesn't have to happen right now, does it? This is something that needs, I think it needs to happen in all of our businesses at some point. But it doesn't happen when you're at a low ebb. Yeah, absolutely. Timing is everything. And ask yourself the big question of what's possible. You know, what could be possible and what's the change I want to make? You know, give yourself the freedom to just dream big, think big. If I was to really go for it, what would that look like? Be okay with making mistakes, lots of them, and your point around perfectionism being a straitjacket. Yeah. We're not going for perfect here. We might be going for a standard of excellence, but there's a very different line between that and perfectionism. And then finally, probably share your successes and bring people along with you. Yes, really important. I think the only other thing I'd add to that is small increments. So remember the Chase Me Charlie. You don't you don't need to have the big vision in your sights for where you're going. Just raise the bar bit by bit and make that commitment to 
raising your bar, whatever that might be. Wonderful. And the key to that is reflection. Reflect at each point so you know where you are. So maintaining that self-awareness, maintaining that sense of, yeah, just enjoying the progress through your business. Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, and do tell us, you know, if you've decided to make some sweeping great change in your industry or your sector or or you're rising to the call, then yeah, let us know. So we can, we want to know so we can cheerlead. Yes, we want to know. Fabulous. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to Style and Substance. We really hope you've enjoyed the show. You can find more information on everything we've talked about by heading to the show notes or by visiting our websites at thebrand-stylist.com or elizabethcairns.com. If you like what you've heard, we'd love a review. We're a brand new show and your support makes all the difference. You can like and subscribe as well as giving us what we hope is a well-deserved five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love to hear what you think of the show too, so please do leave your comments, questions or suggestions for future episodes on our blogs. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Bye.